Welcome to the Retire Well Podcast, the show that focuses on showing you how to get the most out of your retirement. Each week, we're going to dive into topics that affect people just like you. Ways to save money on your healthcare costs, smart income planning strategies, estate planning tools, and a whole lot more. We're going to get straight to the point with short episodes of 20 minutes or less on the information that you need to know to be able to retire well. I'm your host and retirement specialist, Kelly Racicott. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. Now let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Retire Well podcast. This week, I want to talk with you about a subject that I am super passionate about, and it's a subject that is so often overlooked in the planning discussion. I call it enhanced planning. You might have heard um, other professionals refer to it as maybe estate planning or advanced planning. And I think that's really why part of this process never gets talked about. What do you think of when I say those words, estate or advanced? If you're like most people, it makes you think of the super wealthy, doesn't it? And that's a problem because it's not. If you own anything, You have an estate. One of the most common misconceptions that I hear from people is, I don't need a will. I don't have that much. Or, I'm not rich. There's really not that much to worry about. Or, my family won't fight over my assets. Or, I'll be dead. What do I care what happens to my assets? If you've thought or said any of those things before, well, this episode is for you. I'm going to share with you why enhanced planning is for everyone. It doesn't matter how much or how little you have, because ultimately, it's not about the money. It's not about the dollars and cents. It's about the people. It's about the love in the family. It's about preserving the harmony in your family and protecting your legacy. It's about how you'll be remembered and what your family portrait looks like after you're gone. Will your family still gather for celebrations? Will they share Thanksgiving dinner together? Or do they no longer speak to each other because they're upset over how your estate was settled? And that's why it's so important that we go through this process and why I'm so passionate about this type of planning. Look, I'm not an attorney. I'm a financial professional who works mostly with retirees. And I've seen the impact of good planning and I've seen the impact of poor planning when it comes to settling an estate. And over the years, I've seen families torn apart over things that seem trivial. And it's almost always families when someone thought there would be no fighting. So let me tell you a story of a client that I met years ago. I met Dolores about six months after her husband Donald passed away. She was in her mid-70s at the time, and her family, she had two sons and a daughter, and they all lived kind of nearby, you know, the surrounding suburbs of Pittsburgh. And the day I met with Dolores, she had been going through the process of going through some of Donnie's personal belongings. And Donnie was a retired steelworker, and he liked to tinker with things in his garage. He'd fix, you know, old cars and he'd rewire old stereos, bicycles. He just liked to take things apart and put them back together. And he had a garage full of that kind of stuff. 
And Dolores never worked outside the home, and she was starting to think about downsizing just to, you know, just because she was looking for a, a smaller place. So one day she asked her boys to come over to help get rid of some of that stuff in the garage. Donate it, take it to the trash, get rid of it, whatever. So on the day that I'm meeting with her, we're sitting at her kitchen table, just having a regular meeting, discussing her situation and some of the changes that have been taking place for her. And her her sons were out in the garage. And all of a sudden, we hear yelling, cursing, banging, all sorts of noise coming from the backyard. So we go look out the window, and there are these brothers yelling at each other, fighting over a rusted out toolbox. One of the brothers got in his car and drove away, and the other one went back into the garage and slammed the door shut. Now, we're not talking about millions of dollars here. Some people would even call it junk. But to these two brothers, that junk apparently meant everything. Altogether, it might have totaled up to be a couple hundred dollars. Yet these two men were fighting in the backyard over its contents. Now, I continued to work with Dolores until she passed away a few years later. And you know those brothers? They never did make up. It caused so much heartache in an already grieving family. family. Hurtful words were said. Feelings were hurt. And love was lost over something that had no monetary value, but sentimental value. Now, although I changed the names of this story, this is a true story. And this happened pretty early in my career, but it was a lesson that I will never forget. And I share it with you today because that was the first time I saw this happen. But I've seen it play out in similar fashion with several different families over the years, and I don't want that to happen to you. And that experience taught me the importance of proper planning and communication and why that's so much more important than whatever the value is of whatever is being planned for. It's looking down from heaven, so to speak, at your family, looking down and seeing that your family is still together, your family is still intact. And that's what enhanced planning is all about. It's taking the steps necessary to ensure what you wanted to have happen, happens and is communicated. So what happens? What happens to your assets whenever you pass away? Well, there are basically three ways that your assets can pass on, okay? The first way is probate. The second way is by contract. And the third is joint tenants with rates of survivorship. All right, so let's talk about probate first because that's the most common, all right? What is probate? We've all heard of probate before. Maybe some of you listening have even been through the probate process while settling a loved one's estate. Probate literally means to prove. To prove what? Who owns what and who gets what. So I hear a lot of people say that they want to avoid probate at all costs. Again, I'm not a lawyer, but usually the reasons that someone wants to avoid probate is to save money by not having to go through a court process, and they don't want their estate to be public record. Going through the probate process means that both of those things are going to happen. All right, probate is a legal process to prove. All right, so what types of things fall into probate? 
things that are owned or titled in one person's name. Maybe that's a house, a car, other property, personal property or non-titled property. This could be jewelry, art collections, um, crops for all you farmers that are listening out there. A garage full of rusty tools would be personal property. Family heirlooms fall into personal property. And joint tenants also will go through probate. Um, Now this is different than joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Joint tenants is often um, siblings maybe who own something together or maybe it's business partners, you know, that own a business together. And the other thing that goes through probate is community property. That does fall into probate as well. Now, Pennsylvania is not a community property state, so I'm not really going to talk about that here. But if you happen to be listening and you live in one of those nine states or have property in one of those nine states, um, you will want to be aware of that. All right. So all of those types of property fall into the probate process. The second way that things can pass is by way of contract. And a contract is simply anything that lists a designated beneficiary. So that would be your life insurance policy, an annuity, a trust, investment accounts that list a beneficiary like your IRA or a 401k, investment accounts that might say transfer on death. It is important to note here, one of the things that I see a lot where people make an error in this area, be careful not to take something from a contract state and put it back into the probate process. If you list your estate as a beneficiary on your life insurance policy, now it's going to go through probate. This is extremely common. So if this is you, If your life insurance policy lists your estate as your beneficiary, I want you to make sure you call our office so that we can help you correct that, okay? And this happens all the time, mostly with contingent beneficiaries, but I also see it sometimes with primary beneficiaries. And the reason that is is because, you know, when you're signing all of the paperwork and the agent wants to get that policy submitted and they just say, oh, don't worry about it, we'll list your estate as the beneficiary because they don't have their kids' social security numbers or addresses or something like that. And it's just a lazy way of doing things. So a life insurance policy, the whole point of a life insurance policy is that it's a direct contract. So we want to make sure that that actually does happen that way. Um, Another common mistake that I find um, with contracts are trusts, all right? There are two main type of trusts, revocable and irrevocable trusts. Now, I don't want to get into too much of that today because honestly, I could spend probably an entire episode talking about just that. Um, But what I want you to understand today is that a trust is simply a vessel. It's a legal document that's not worth the paper that it's written on if it doesn't have anything in it. All right, you've got to fund the trust. In other words, you have to put something in the trust. All right, so yes, a trust is a legal document, but think of it as less of a document and more of a bucket. All right, you actually have to put something into it. Otherwise, it's just a bucket, right? And that's what I see all of the time. Um, 
at the time of someone's passing, their assets, their actual assets don't match the assets that are in the trust. And usually just because time passes and things change and you sold an asset or bought a new asset and just things change and you spend all of that time and money to set up a trust, it's important that you review it on a regular basis with your financial professional as well as your attorney so that they can draft any new amendments or any new documents that might, might be needed to keep the trust current, okay? Um, so that that's a big one. All right, now let's talk about a will. What is a will, all right? A will is a great thing to have. And if you don't have one, well, you should. And an attorney can help you with this. A will still does go through probate. The will must be proven. A will tells the story of what you wanted to have happen with your estate. It tells the executor what your wishes were. So what happens if you die without a will? Well, this is called intestate. It's kind of a funny word, intestate. And it's hard to say it too. But if you die without a will, don't worry. If you did not leave a plan, the state will have a plan for you. Just be sure it probably won't be what your surviving spouse might have wanted. So for example, in the state of Pennsylvania, if I die without a will, now I'm married and I have three children with my husband. If I die without a will, my husband would inherit the first $30,000 of my non-contract assets. So outside of my life insurance, IRAs, things like that. He would inherit the first first $30,000 plus half the balance. My kids would get the rest. Probably not how we would have planned for such a thing, considering we still have a mortgage and I have many years of, of working left. Every state has their own intestacy laws, and certain rules apply to all sorts of family dynamics. For example, if you have a parent that is still alive and you don't have any children, well, your parent may get half of your or part of your estate as opposed to your spouse getting all of your estate. So imagine, you know, the havoc that that could wreak on one's family. Bottom line here, if you don't have a will, Get yourself an attorney that can draft you a will and get yourself a will, all right? There is so much more to talk about when it comes to enhanced planning, but I really try to keep this under 20 minutes for you all because I know you all have busy lives. And so I don't want to go over that. So we're going to cut it short a little bit here today and we're going to pick this back up and we're going to continue on with enhanced planning next week. And next week we're going to cover... Um, gifting and estate taxes, inheritance taxes, and income taxes, and how that affects the planning process and how it affects your beneficiaries once they receive it. So make sure you get back here for next week's show. Until then, I hope you all have a great week. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Retire Well Podcast. Our goal here is always to bring you value and share insights to make your retirement everything you always hoped it would be. I would be forever grateful if you would leave us a review because that helps more people find the show and please share it wherever you share things on social media. Thanks again and I hope to see you back here next week.
The preceding information does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions and information shared in this episode is for informational purposes only and should not be acted upon without the assistance of a qualified and licensed professional. Any guarantees mentioned are subject to the strength and claims paying ability of the insurance company, and any mention of rates or performance are subject to change without notice. Kelly Racicott is the agency owner of Hometown Retirement Specialists, LLC. If you have questions about the show, Kelly, or Hometown Retirement Specialists, please visit us on the web at yourhrsagent.com, and you can find our full disclosure in the show notes.